Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I hope that your week is starting off positively. And we are really focusing this week on dating, and dating in the 21st century, and it is really quite different, I would have to say, than other centuries in the past and other times in our world, especially in America. We are offered so many choices and so many options, and and sometimes it makes it very difficult for us to find our way. And we have lots of people that are dating, or they are dating but saying they're really not dating. We have people that are together but saying they're not in a committed relationship. We have people that are divorcing and being remarried. We have people in extramarital affairs, and we have people that are now um, in their second marriage and divorcing, or we have people that are divorced and trying to figure out if they ever want to date again. So we have so much relationship activity going on. And romantic relationships, I have to tell you, can be overemphasized as the unspoken source of all satisfaction. And that puts a lot of pressure on that relationship. And by their very nature, romantic relationships exist pretty much in the domain of fantasy, expectations, hopes, dreams, imagination. It doesn't mean that you don't want the romance to die in your relationship. But we want to make sure that if we are adults, that we are actually doing an adult relationship so that our romantic expectations really actually can be met. And so many times this whole fantasy or the dreams, the hopes, it represent everything from we don't have it yet or we can't have it yet. We're hoping to have it. Someday it will come. It's out there somewhere. And as a result, these hopes, dreams, this this idea of this wonderful, perfect relationship becomes the depository for maybe some things that are wonderful and magical and fairy tale like all these things we've needed that we've never gotten. And so this fantastical thinking kind of starts with the if only then. So if I were thin enough, if I were rich enough, if I were tall enough, if I were strong enough, if I had enough money, if I knew the right people, then I would have the perfect partner. Then I would be married. And so we end up living in the future and not living in the present moment. You have to understand God has created for us and has this, he, he's created us to learn and to grow. And so many times we miss out on blessings afforded to us in the moment because we are in the future. So if we're only in the future, hoping, dreaming, fantasizing about the future, then we're not dealing with the moment. And so then all of a sudden this moment we didn't deal with is now our past that we have to deal with. So most, most of us are either living in the past or in the imagination of our future. 
and sometimes trying to deal with the present. So you have to remember we are not to let anything exalt itself above Christ. Nothing is to exalt itself above God. So when we look at the three years of the life of Jesus, we can reduce it down to two words, and that was, follow me. So we need this attitude to be our attitude in every moment. And I like that idea of reducing his life to three words of follow me. And that was by a friend, um, a friend of mine, Mike McCartney. He does some relationship skills conferences. And, and I liked that idea that he said, you know, the three years of Jesus can be reduced down to two words, and that's follow me. So I really take from that that if I'm pursuing Christ first, then if there is a mate for me, he will be found. See, when I'm actively pursuing and following Jesus, you, you're going to be able to experience a life of contentment and genuine satisfaction. Now, I'm not saying every moment of every day, but you will have hope from, from Jesus, from God, not from hope of a dream out in the future. And this, this prepares you for a lifelong relationship. Imagine how wonderful it would be if you knew, you trusted that God had a mate for you. And he was continually preparing that person for you as he prepares you for that individual as a way to cut down on the injury you may, have, you may incur if you don't do that work, if you don't work some things out. How wonderful it would be if you spent the majority of your time working out your salvation with fear and trembling working out the things that you know you need to work on so that when that person came, you would be ready and you would injure that relationship less. So I really want you to understand that marriage is not a calling in and of itself. And sometimes it gets exalted to that, that it's its calling, like I am called to be a wife. Well, yes, I may be. But that would not be the only reason, because then if my spouse dies, then what happens to my calling? So I want you to understand that that can be a part or a piece of the calling has the, the calling that God has on your life. But it isn't an ultimate calling. And that takes, that takes some pressure off you. It takes some pressure off your future spouse. So if I am married, as I am, then I'm called to be the best wife to my husband, and to continuously allow God to mold and shape me to be the best mate that I can offer as a way to honor Christ. So I imagine Jesus in relationship. What would it have looked like? What behaviors and activities and attitudes would he have insisted upon? How focused would he be on his partner versus the calling God had on his life? How would he manage his time, his commitment, proximity, his provision, as he walked out his calling? And this is a big question. Are you ready to be his partner? Are you ready to be married to Jesus? Are you ready to be his partner? See, we all fall short. We focus on being God's partner while he works on refining us for a possible significant other. That doesn't mean, though, that once we find that significant other, that the work is done. So we're going to look at a couple of necessary foundational things when you are in this dating process and how you are doing it. Because this is going to really help you 
walk away from people that aren't good for you and really be able to see the ones that are and not be hung up with all the the idea or the dream or the imagery you have of who you should be with. And so it's understanding that I need to look inside and I also need to look outside of myself for contentment. But which one is more dominant? Am I looking outside of myself for more of my needs to be met, for more of my happiness, my contentment, my purpose, my meaning, my reason for getting up every day? Or am I looking internally? What's going on inside of me? Because everywhere I go, there I am. I need to look at my relationship with myself. Do I know me? Do I like me? Have I forgiven me? Do I understand my own temperament? Do I understand my own gender? And do I do those well? Do I know what love language I have? Have I addressed all those family of origin issues? What happened to me when I was growing up? How those um, ideas were shaped? How I was taught to relate? So when I educate me on me, then when I'm educated on me, I can educate others on me versus requiring that they figure me out. And that doesn't mean that there's some... There's not some new awareness in a new relationship that I say, wow, I didn't know that about me. Because we're all a work in process. But the more I know me, and the more I know the things that, even if they are me, probably shouldn't be me, that I need to work on, I'm, I'm going to be in that re new relationship in a much less complicated way. I will not be this horribly complicated person to relate to. I will be a very complex person. See, complexity is exciting. Complexity is intriguing. Anyone that's complicated, that's hard work. So I need to understand also my own myths and rules about relationships. What, what kind of relationship do I really want to have? What does it look like to me? What are my expectations? What are the things that, that I long for? And what are some of the myths that I, that I buy into about relationship? And, and one of the biggest myths about relationship is that if only then. If only I had a partner, then I'd be happy. If only I had a partner, then I'd feel good about myself. If only I had someone to love me, then I would really want to have the courage and the energy to take on my life. If only I had somebody, then I wouldn't be lonely. If only I had someone, then I wouldn't be scared anymore. Now see... All those, those elements of that can come in a relationship. And it's wonderful to be in a relationship that gives you some of those feelings. But if you can't generate for yourself as an adult some of those needs, if you can't meet some of those needs, you're going to come into a relationship with a whole lot of what we would call baggage, a whole lot of things that are complicated and needy and dependent and all kinds of hurts and wounds that might be landmines for that potential mate or partner. So how do I determine my relationship readiness, my maturity level? Well, some of the biggest things, and we've talked a lot of it, we talked about last week. Do I take care of myself? How dependent am I? How independent? How interdependent am I? How about this? Would I want to date me, <laughs> right? Would I want to marry me? Would I want to have children with me? 
Ask yourself those questions and be willing to be really honest. And if you don't feel like you can be honest with yourself, find someone, a mentor, a friend, a therapist, whoever that might be, that you could say, you know what, I have to look at this. Do I, would I want to date me? What do you think about when, when I think someone should date me? How do you see me? Do you see me as someone that would be a good marriage partner? A good significant other? Do you, do you want to, Would you want to be somebody that had children with me? And ask people that. So, and, and I'm talking about people you can trust. So you want to discover why relationships succeed and endure and why they fail. This has a lot to do with value systems. And I can't tell you how many times I tell couples, if you don't share the same value system, you will not be able to have intimacy. It's one thing to have differences of opinions and have different preferences and to like a certain type of food or a certain way to have vacation or, you know, maybe be a little bit different on how you manage money. But if your value system is different, you're going to have a very difficult time being close because there are areas when it comes to our values. This is how I treat people. This is how, how I pursue my relationship with God. That's part of a value system. Do I see God as, as worthy? Do I see God as, as um, you know, the creator of the universe? Do I see God as someone to be, you know, revered and to be honored and to be worshipped? Do I have spirituality as a really important part of my life? Well, if I meet somebody that I'm attracted to and they say to me something like, uh, you know, I don't really give it a whole lot of thought or I think it's all a bunch of stuff that p- humans made up or... Maybe they have been hurt, and so they have a ton of baggage when it comes to religion or Christianity. Well, you want to you, you take note of these things. This is important when it comes to whether or not I can actually have intimacy with someone. So how do Christian relationships differ than other relationships? And I want you to ask yourself that. Are they supposed to? Are, they suppo- are Christian relationships supposed to be different? And how are they supposed to be different? We have a lot of Christians that are living together before they're married. We have a lot of Christians that don't think that having sex outside of marriage is a problem. And you need to ask yourself these things. Where do you stand on some of those biggies? Do we have children before we get married? What do, what, how do we handle these things? Do we believe in tithing? Do we think that going to church is a necessity? Do we share our faith? Because these are very important intimacy issues when you are thinking about whether or not I'm going to continue dating this individual and whether or not we actually could move toward a committed relationship or marriage. So ask yourself, what are the red, yellow, green lights in this burgeoning relationship? What are your non-negotiables? This is imperative. If nothing else that you learn about dating, you need to ask yourself, what is a non-negotiable for me? So that if the person that you are dating, maybe even really becoming attached to, maybe falling in love with, you hit up against one of those non-negotiables, what are you going to do? Are you going to just press through it and hope it works itself out? Are you going to talk about it with that person and say, hey, this is, we need to talk about this. Can we set a time or a date to really discuss this? Because this is a big one for me. This one's really important to me. This is a heartfelt one. This is something I'm very deeply committed to. 
I don't know how to do this with you if we don't share the same view on this. Those are really important things for you to understand about you. How much am I willing to bend and to compromise? Relationships are all about compromise. Think how much God has compromised to be with humans. But he doesn't compromise his value system. He doesn't compromise who he is. So ask yourself this. How close are you to what you say? How much do your beliefs match your actions? These are really important questions to say when I'm going into a dating relationship because they will show up. So where's my integrity? Where's my ethics? How close am I to what I say? Do I say what I mean? Do I mean what I say? Do my beliefs, what I purport to believe, do they match my actions? And so how willing am I to negotiate with someone about my beliefs and about those non-negotiables? How about this? Ask yourself, what is emotional baggage? How much is too much? All of us have it. (laughs) Nobody would ever be in relationship if we didn't have emotional baggage. I mean, if we had, you know, if we required that we didn't have it. Because it's in all of us. And not only does it come with us, but there's events in our life in the future that are waiting to burden us with more baggage. So how much is too much baggage? You need to identify that for yourself. What type of emotional baggage? What would you be willing to work with? What would you negotiate? What would you compromise on? And usually what I say to people is, the emotional baggage is not nearly as important as what they're doing with it. If they're just carrying it around with them and they're dumping it on other people, this is not a good sign. That would be a red flag. If it's someone that doesn't even they're not aware of it. They didn't know that maybe something that happened to them in the past was abusive. Well, that's different. Then we would say, well, when they find it out, are they willing to look at it? Are they willing to work on it? And so then, then there's the other group of people. They have emotional baggage, they're very aware of it, and they're just working on it. And they're getting better every day. And they're getting better for themselves and for God, not because they're getting better so that they can go find somebody or get a partner. The goal to getting better is because I need to be the best version of me, regardless of how many rewards I get for being that person. So these are very important. When you think about living together, think about traveling together, how about introducing kids to other family members? How do you know when you combine your life with someone and to what degree? So you need to ask yourself these things. Now, some of them may change, but you need to have some reference points. Am I willing to live with someone before I'm married? Am I willing to travel with them if I'm not married? Am I willing to have sex before we're married? What do I do if I have children? And when do I introduce this, this person I'm dating to my children? How much do I combine our families? And what I really want you to know, I want you to be very careful, especially with children under the age of 12, but also with teenagers. So children under the age of 12 attach very quickly. You introduce them to someone too soon, and they have a lot of really good times with them, their little heart is going to hurt. They're going to miss that person. 
So I want you to be very careful about introducing children too soon. I really recommend that people introduce children when they are very committed and looking at making that commitment formal. And so I don't want you to think, well, I have to make sure that my kids like that person or that they, this person likes my children. If you have to ask yourself that, that may be a red flag. When I married my husband, he had two children. I knew if they belonged to him, I was going to love them. And I started loving them all while we were dating. And I didn't necessarily hang out with them. I didn't meet them until much later. And this is really important that you understand that this isn't about whether or not I like this person's children. It's about am I willing to be an adult? And if I'm marrying this person and children come with them, am I willing to be the appropriate adult for those children? Am I willing to be a person that they can see as a mentor, that they can see as someone they might want to emulate? And so we don't bring children as a distraction because we don't know how to talk to this person we're dating. We don't bring children so that we all have something to do. And we don't introduce other children to other children if we don't think that they're going to have a relationship in the future. We don't want to complicate their lives. And teenagers, you want to be very careful with teenagers because teenagers have a more difficult time many times with you introducing another person. So the main thing with teenagers, you want to make sure that they know what the appropriate expectations you have of them are. And you want to understand that you cannot control how they feel. You only can consequence behavior. You're not in charge of their heart. So if they hate the person you're dating, you need to be big enough to handle that. But what you do say is, I understand you hate them. I understand you don't like them. You don't respect them. You don't want anything to do with them. I get that. However, I'm always going to require good behavior from you wherever we are and with whomever we are with. Versus trying to fight with them about bonding and attaching and liking whoever it is you're dating. So these are really important things to be asking yourself. But mainly, I want you to trust God with all of these issues. He knows already what you're doing. If you're having sex before you're married, he already knows this. So just talk to him about it. Talk to him about it. If you're confused about who you're supposed to be with, if you want to be with someone, but in your gut you think maybe they're not good for you, but you really don't want to be alone, just talk to God about that. Always remember, God will never make you do anything. And God is not disgusted with you. He's not done with you. He doesn't you know, stomp around heaven going, I can't believe Cynthia. How long do I have to deal with her? Thankfully, he doesn't do this. He knows me. He knows my struggle. He already signed up for it. This is how God feels about you. You can't mess it up with him. He's a great advocate. He's a great source. He's someone that you so want you to depend on him. And he will help you. And he will not make you do anything. And he's not going to punish you. Those days were the Old Testament. Maybe our consequences punish us, right? The consequences of our choices. But I want you to know that God is trustworthy. And he is on your side. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me tomorrow as we talk more about do you trust God with anyone, with anything, with your life? Do you trust him to help you while he lets you be, in many ways, the author of your life as well? 
This is Cynthia Hyde. I'm glad you joined me today. Join me tomorrow as we talk more about dating in the 21st century and how to assess relationships. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.